you know, it's really like you can have it your way. You can do what you want, you know, have it your way, really. And that's not how life is. But, you know, people, people just are out here doing what they want to do. And each one, and I mean, young ones telling you, oh, women, like, sir, you are still, you're barely out of your diaper. And you are here telling about talking, trying to give men relationship advice, women relationship advice. And then you have women like, sis, what is wrong with you? You keep jumping from table to table, trying to eat what everybody is saying. But these are men that are telling you how to be a woman. Now, a man can't tell you how to be a feminine woman. They've never been a woman a day in their lives. Likewise, I can't tell you how to be a, or a man how to be you know, a masculine man or whatever. But I can tell you how to be an integral person. I can tell you how, you know, how to have values. I can tell you how to respect and honor yourself and honor other people. I can tell you how to be a good person. But you have women sitting under men trying to find out how to be a woman. Just make it make sense. Because for me, all he can do is tell you how he how he wants you to be the type of woman that he desires. And so why do you need somebody making a duplicate of 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 potential partners for himself when all he needs is one? Mm-hmm. When he sit down with his own wife and talk to her about what he wants or the woman that he's courting, like this is the type of woman I want. Mm-hmm. But not out here telling everybody, well, if you're not like this, if you're not like this, nobody's going to want you. No, sir, you don't want me. And I don't want you to. Yeah. Oh, girl, you already know. You always dropping the daggone nuggets. It never fails. That's why I have to record you so I can go back and re- listen to you because you'd be killing it like that. I love it. Listen, one thing that jumped out to me, men or women out here trying to tell the other sex how to be exactly what we, as if we're a monolith, need and want. Why and how is that even possible? You and I exchanged some 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 stuff that's going on out there in social media land, of course. Um, and one thing that jumped out in in the comment section where there was a female was telling us how to was it what was she doing? How to be a um, like how to make it basically how to make him choose you, you know, along the lines. I don't want to pull her. I don't want to do that. But you know, like how to make him choose you, like all the women, right? What we need to do, or how this game that we need to play. And the guy said the game, the guy in the, in the comments says that the game has changed. That doesn't work. And I thought about that. Everybody else was like, that's right. They were all, you know, like jumping on it. Like, yeah, that's how we need to be. And I began to sit and think like, that doesn't work for every person. It would never work for every guy because every guy is not the exact same unless you're shopping at the same store on the same rack in the same sh- shirts with the same color and the same stuff. You know what I mean? Like, unless you're shopping there all the time, then the formula will not work. You get what I'm saying? So, so when you just, when you said it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's absolutely correct. We have gotten it wrong, I believe. Um, in pursuit of love, do we even really know what love really is anymore, Joy? Like, that's really a good question. Like, do we know that? <laughs> I think people have a different variation on what love is. Yeah. And this is the problem is that <laughs> I really have this thing about society and culture. Like me and society and culture, we're not getting along very well. Not and right I think now. a lot of what they no, no, a lot of what they've put out needs to be dismantled. Because how how is this society and culture going to have the megaphone on what love is when all that they show us 
and all that they want to highlight is nothing but toxicity. I haven't watched I haven't watched TV in a long time, but it's been years since I ever watched a reality show. And that was because I was like, what am I going to take away from this? Yeah. What how is it going to help me grow? How if my child walked in and saw me watching this, what are they going to take away from it? So I made the decision that I wasn't going to. Now it was entertaining, but ultimately it wasn't going to produce the type of fruit that I wanted from my children. Right. You know, and so I shut that down. When they were still toddlers, like that was a long time ago. And now, you know, the same thing is just happening. But it's like, from what I hear and the clips that I get to see on social media, it's like everything has been amplified. And if you can be more ratchet, if you can be more toxic, if you can be just the worst, then you get, you know, you get the playtime. But, you know, I think what it is to some degree is that everybody, everybody, all of us, we're searching for something in life. But if we're searching for something, it can't be from outside of us. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to be successful, but you can't be successful if you're not significant. Ooh. What I mean is that in order for anybody can be successful, we've had so many people that have had those 15 minutes of fame. Yeah. That's because they didn't have anything significant to continue to sustain what they built. Now we can talk about we, you know, we're chasing chasing bags or whatever. That's problematic in itself. But you know, if people are saying that I want to be successful, I want to live a successful life, what is the driving factor behind you wanting that success? And if you have success, success can last a lifetime. That's gonna fade away. But now when you start looking at things from a perspective of saying, I want something significant, significance is what legacies are built off. So you can, you can, you, you know, you can go, we can pass away and everything, but that continues to carry on because it's what you gave that's on the inside of you. And it's not just necessarily like generational wealth, but what wisdom have you left? And well, you know, when we think about you, when you're gone. What are we still learning from what you left? What is your legacy made up of? And when you search for significance, you'll always be successful. You can never be significant without experiencing a great measure of success. Wow. Girl, you, I'm Girl. telling you, y'all, I know whoever's watching, y'all tuning in, y'all joining in, share. I told y'all, Pink Girl Teaches. First of all, the name is so fitting, hence why I wear my pink tonight. But this girl is bad, okay? <laughs> Joy, I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, I, I don't know where we where we're going with this love thing. You know, I um I I have always been so very optimistic. But I think when I really step back and I look at the state of the culture that we're in, right? Um I do also feel my personally, I feel sometimes um, defeated. Like, unless I find someone along their journey evolving like I'm evolving, then I may actually grow old. Now, there's nothing wrong with me growing old alone because obviously I'm not totally alone. Um, but without that intimate, full time partner, where I can build and grow and do life with. Um, I kind of made a decision just because I was looking at, looking at the pool that's out there. I said, you know, I, before I settle ever again, like I did in the relationship that kind of brought us together. <laughs> if I, before I ever do that again, I will remain in a position where I can choose when 
and who I desire to, to be with and, and walk back away. I will never settle into another relationship like I did with that one, you know, the one in particular that I'm, that I'm speaking of. Um, but I see a lot of that energy out here. Everywhere I turn, it's, it's there. How do we navigate? Now, I know you teach a lot on narcissism and narcissistic personality disorders and the traits and, and all things that's connected in that space. You have it down and you teach and you teach real stuff like life lessons. Um, how do we navigate this? Because I, I, I'm feeling defeated and what? My name is Queenie Love, but I'm feeling defeated, girl. <laughs> so tell me, how do we navigate the space <laughs> that we're in? I think the most important thing is sitting down by yourself for a minute and asking yourself, really, who am I? Who am I? Because I think we have a lot of people who are out there who don't know themselves. And you can't, how are you going to have lifelong sustaining love when you have no clue to who you are? And so part of you asking yourself, who am I? Is then what, what, what am I, what, what is my core values? You got to really sit down, like, listen, you got to sit down and ask yourself some difficult questions and also just be willing to not be out there. Yes. Because how many times are you going to put yourself out there and come back with the same results? Mm. And it doesn't mean that the relationships end the same way, but it doesn't end in happily ever after, yeah. right? You don't get that desired fulfillment. It's just one disappointment on top of another, on top of another, especially now when we know it's a whole cesspool out there. Okay, so sit down and really dive in and ask yourself, you know, I sat down with myself and I can only tell about my experience. I sat down and I was like, okay, what are, the, what are your values? What do you value most about life? And the top thing on my list was always God. So then I was like, okay, girl, you trust God for a job. You trust God when your kids are sick. You trust God when you're facing life difficulties. Are you going to trust him for a spouse? And I was like, hmm, you know what? No, let me dive deeper with God, you know, and let me get really back in touch with my roots and like all the way. No, no, no half stepping, no running from purpose because I was a whole runner. Yeah. I had nothing to do with that purpose. Mm-mm. Yeah, I want to do what you're calling me to do. But then I said, you know what, let me just give it a try, like all out. And so I did. And the more I spent time with him, the more I got to see, you know, the more you spend time in his presence, the more he reveals himself to you. But you see, then as he reveals himself to you, he shows you who you are. You are. Mm -hmm. So once I began to see myself in a new way, not, the, you know, not who I thought I was, but like who he says that I am. And, you know, he still reveals because we're still learning about him. Right. But then he showed me how he loves me. And when you understand how loved you are, you, and he's taught me, he's been teaching me how to love myself. And so I understand that the way, you know, the love that I have and the love, not just that I have for myself, but the love that I have to give to somebody, I can't be cheap with it. I can't be casual with it. I can't be desperate with it because my love builds my love inspires, my love draws love, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so um, I had to really sit down and then, you know, just say, you know what, God, I'm willing to do this your way. And so whatever this journey looks like, it's just going to be what he says. Um, if, if he's going to pull me away from God, mm -hmm. he's not for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you, you just got to get, be honest with yourself. Like, 
do I really have it in me to be out there like that? And do I mind waiting? Because as much as, you know, women, we can talk about being frustrated right now, right? There are men who are just like us. Sure. There's a lot and of men also who are just pulling like away. Us. It's just that the other type of man is the one who, who, who shows up. But, you know, I still believe in love. I still believe that it's out there. I still believe that people are getting together for the right reasons and will have long, healthy, productive relationships. I still believe that. And it just means, you know, sometimes be patient and don't compromise. People always tell you, oh, your standards are too high. Your standards are too high. According to who? They tell you, oh, so, you know, I'm a good man, good man over here, good man over here good woman you must get you a good man get you a good woman first of all and i've been saying this a lot good is at the bottom of the totem pole good people hard. still cheat good people still lie good people still break hearts it goes good better best so if you know where you fit in that then you hold your peace until it's time for you to take your position y'all she said a word didn't she i told you i told you <laughs> Listen, um, you hit on something that, and I know we got to pivot into something, something different, but you hit on something and, and I've discovered this as well. There are, there are a lot of good men, great men, wonderful men out here that are just like us that are trying to navigate this thing as well. Of course, we can't seem to find them as often as we can find the other predators, but um, like I'm running into in some regards, men that have been, they've gone through the things that we, that you and I, we talk about, they too have gone through it. And they will come to me like, oh my God, Queenie, you said something in your podcast that resonated with me. And, or they reveal that they've been victimized by that same energy, same spirit, obviously in a dress. So what, what do you think about that? I mean, are you running into that a lot in your coaching space and, you know, your talk space with men that are revealing, like, I know you talking to women, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with this too. Queenie, I had to create a whole program for them. Amen. Yeah. Because they, they're coming and, you know, they're desperate for healing. Yeah. And also just to be validated because, you know, when you have that type of woman and, is it, we can't say that, oh, you know, sometimes they'll talk amongst themselves, right? You get to listen into barbershop talks sometimes, you know, and they just call her a crazy woman. No, call her what she is. Because crazy, you know, crazy can be cute sometimes, you know. Yeah. Oh, she's yeah, No, she is a whole narcissist. Yeah. She has a personality disorder. Mm -hmm. And it's important that they know, like, listen, you cannot love it out of her. You cannot buy, you can, I mean, you could spend all your money she, it, because she wants your money. Anyhow, she's going to run you broke, dry, or she'll just give you all the money that she has so that she can manipulate you, yeah. you know? And it's important that as much as, you know, cause I know like I talk and then a lot of people say, oh, you're always talking about the, uh, about the men, but yeah. I don't include a sex mm -hmm. because it goes both ways. Yeah. You know? those traits, men and women have them. And I think for men, it's difficult for them to come forth and say, this is what I'm going through. Yeah. Because for so long, the messaging has to be tough. You can't cry. And you know, you got to be a man and you got to take it. And how could you let her do the gaslighting them further? Mm -hmm. And so how do then, if they're coming from, you know, 
maybe even possibly experiencing it in their childhood and then, you know, at a different level, right? And now they're experiencing it in their intimate relationships where they should be able to be at peace and be comfortable and be secure. But now they're living <laughs> all kinds of terror, like their home suddenly turns into the Bates Motel. And yeah. how, how do you rest? How do you, how do you, how do you just be at ease in so, in so much confusion and chaos? And then there's the parent, parental alienation. I mean, there's so many things that you can pull away that they have to deal with. And then the woman, because she's been that way her entire life, really, she's had decades upon decades and decades to perfect her craft. That They don't see it coming. The same way we don't, they don't. They don't either, yeah. The other thing I, I discovered is that sometimes men grow up in homes with women who are very domineering, and I know I typically get drugged when I bring up borderline personality disorder, but I'm still going to say it because if we talk about MPD, we deserve to talk about BPD because it's a thing. We we give a pass for BPD behavior, BPD, because for whatever reason, we give a pass because a lot of women show up on that scale, um, but we will publicly talk about MPD all day long and don't care. And we give, we, people want us to give grace. I know for me personally, give grace to BPD. Well, unfortunately I don't give a lot of grace to it. I understand, I know that it's not quite MPD, but I've seen what it can do to men. I've seen what it can do. And I speak from a, watching a man go through it with a female that is BPD and seeing her just drive him absolutely insane. And- yes manipulate and create an issue around everything and it's, it's, it's explosive all the time. And then on the, the very sensitive, very loving, very kind, <laughs> and then right back to you, 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 you. And he just continues to become smaller and smaller. And so, and so when I, I, I've realized that I've met a lot of men that have endured that either they grew up in a home with a mother or sisters or whomever that way and then they wind up in relationships because they have a higher tolerance for putting up with this type of behavior so they go into these relationships with this high tolerance and they think they can just love them love them love them stay with them love like like the 18 years that they stayed at home and unfortunately they lose their way as well and when they finally do break free I, they wind up in my inbox telling me all these different stories. I, I'm not sure exactly what she was. They, they're not sure. And it's, it's heartbreaking because I remember when I wasn't sure what a person was. And so I remember being in that state of mind, like just confused, not quite having a name or title or understanding of what they were, but you knew there was something. And the only thing that I can muster up, the only thing I see sometimes they text me is she's evil she's she's a devil you know what I mean and so unfortunately I've already been there and and then I start listening talking to them and I'm like wow their conditioning started when they were young they don't even realize it unfortunately and I think that we must continue to talk about these things openly and honestly and I know you know you know I, I get drugged when I talk about BPD I got drugged I, I literally had to pull a video down that's how bad they drugged me but I was saying that you have to be careful if you're in a relationship with someone that is borderline personality disordered. I do not care. It can censor it. 
I said, you have to be careful because that person's illness will become yours and they will drag you down if you are not careful and if you do not know the signs and you do not know what's happening. And did I ever get dragged? But then I look at all the different videos I've ever put up and all the different talks I've ever had on my podcast. Guys wind up coming to my inbox telling me that they have dealt with it. They, they have it currently at home. No. They tried to divorce it. And lastly, it burnt them so bad that they never want to be in another relationship. They ain't getting serious with nobody. That sounds so much like how we came out of these toxic relationships with our narcissistic partners or ex-partners. Yeah. Listen, toxic is toxic. Toxic is toxic. And one of the tragedies of it all is that, you know, if you've been groomed to accept that type of behavior your whole life, I have a video where I talk about being groomed, uh, being groomed by one demon to be passed on to another demon. It's that's exactly what it is. And so, you know, it's not you, you just used to those patterns. And that's why it's so essential to be able to just sit down by yourself. I don't think it's, you know. It, one of the worst things is to go seek a relationship right after these experiences. As, and, you know, I think when we, <laughs> what's so devastating about it is that you get to watch them go off, skipping off into the sunset with somebody else. Yeah. And you start to question, well, was it me? What, what, what about me? And this is both, you know, both the, for the gentleman and the ladies, right? So you're wondering, what was it about me? And your mind becomes fixated on that and you ruminate on those things because of the type of abuse you've experienced over time. And then, you know, you throw in like the gaslighting, the verbal assault and the belittling, all of those things. It's just a whole, a whole toolbox of evil, evil, evil wickedness, right? Yeah. And then now that, you know, you, you, you stay there questioning yourself. But like I said, it's your threshold for pain was increased oh. as, as you were younger. And then there's also that tendency now to people please or to try and make it better. Or maybe if, maybe if, maybe, but no. <laughs> no, you're right. And, and no. because, it, because it does so much damage to your self-esteem, you begin to try to figure out where would you go anyway? Exactly. You think people see you the way you now see you and you see you the way he or she has told you that they see you. You know what I mean? And so it, it's, a, it's a horrible pattern. It's a horrible cycle. It's a quandary. It's terrible. It's hard. It's, it's really a bad place to find yourself. I think with your platform, what you're doing with your platform is trying to get ahead of this, trying to teach and drop the knowledge so that people don't have to go through what we went through. And so many others. It's like, as soon as we begin to tell our story, you suddenly realize there is really a village. <laughs> there really is. And you There's know, a whole continent of people. <laughs> and here's the thing, you know, it's like, unless somebody has really been through it, like, you, you know, you've if you talking to somebody who does not know is one of the worst things that you can do for yourself. Oh my God. Oh my gosh, it sets you so back. <laughs> you're like, well, why, why are you still thinking about this person? And you're like, don't you understand what I'm telling you? And they're like, oh, there's something wrong with you. 
And then you have to deal with those emotions again. You got to deal with all that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, look, let me tell you, I'm going to share this with you because you are so correct. I found myself, and it's, and it's funny because, hey, I'm having this conversation with you tonight and, and you know, we're going to obviously talk about a, a myriad of things, but specifically talking about narcissism. Now, every time I talk about narcissism, my own art will hoover my content and will tell me, like, like I know it's going to come, but will tell me that, oh, you must still love me or I must have hurt you so bad that you're, gonna, that you're never going to be able to forgive me. And I'm thinking, I promise you, the last 50 podcasts that I've had and I've spoke about narcissism was not because of my love for you. It truly is because I'm trying to teach people about the things I didn't recognize. I didn't know. It's not because, but girl, he's convinced. And it, and it used to frustrate me. And then I'd be thinking like, and then I just stopped talking about narcissism altogether. I was like, I'm not thinking about it at all. But then I had to think about it. You know what? That grandiose m- mentality and that in that t- entitlement and that that power, that that false sense of power and Girl, I said, I got on here. I'm like, boy, whatever. I am not not talking about you, but I am talking about these spirits. I am talking about these behaviors. I am talking about that personality trait. And it lies in more than just you. It lies in a lot of people. And I want to make sure that I can help warn anyone that may not know the signs, may not know. If they hear us talking about this, they may be like, what exactly are you talking about? Girl, who did, you know, and they begin to start looking. That's what happened to me. I had to start looking, even though I'm in a field where, you know, the, the DSM-5 is, you know, like part of my our curriculum of learning, but you don't really realize how it applies to you until you realize it now applies to you because you in this thing, you like, I've been in, I should have known better, you know? Um, so yeah, so that's why I do what I do, but I'm telling you, you talk to people, that don't get it and you be you be set back another four years four years <laughs> you know what let me say this let me piggyback off what you just said it's like you don't sure. know until you know right even though the yeah. dsm5 is right there right mm-hmm. and that's what what happens as a coach i'll get people who've been to therapy and their therapist didn't get it yeah. and now here they are even more wounded yes and it's like how yeah. do you pick up those pieces? Yeah. You know, yeah. I always tell people like, you know, when you go into therapy, make sure that your therapist specializes in what you need to go to therapy for. You, you, you've you got to. Yeah. And, you know, you don't really find like narcissistic abuse therapists, but you can find emotional abuse therapists. Yeah. Those yeah. that really understand that helps your healing rather than just going to, I don't know if it's generalized or what, but yeah, you're so right. Um, they don't always know. Well, it's moving a little bit more now. I can see it. Thank you. you. Look for them, they'll have it, you know. Um, they'll have a the little narcissistic, you know, specialized in. I love to see that. Um, but you're right. And what I realized has happened to a lot of people that I knew along this journey of trying to help people flee, find safe, you know, um, safety plans and so on and so forth, um, is that sometimes they'll go to therapy and the therapy is so he- the therapist is so heavy on self-accountability 
and I'm all about accountability, but when you are a victim of MPD, when you press people to have this overwhelming amount of accountability, it's the same exact wound that you're reopening that the narc has been slicing open for the last X amount of time. So you have to be careful because the narc sits there and tells you everything is your fault anyway. I didn't ask you to stay. I'm not making you be here. So you got to be careful not to pour that accountability on a person that's been abused by NPD. All right, I'm done. Boop, boop, drop mic. Listen, that's re-victimizing them. I think what people don't realize is that a lot of times the victims are already make, holding themselves accountable. And sometimes the danger of it is, is you now are, they want to assume, and I did it, responsibility for their behaviors. You can't do that. You've got to make sure that you own your part, but leave their mess right there with them. You've got to know how to draw that line in the sand. Yeah. And it's so difficult because of the enmeshment, right? And some of it starts in childhood. Yeah. And so to actually be able to see things clearly, like, listen, this is why it's so important to sit down and get to know yourself. You know, I think um, the generation that raised us, right? They did the best that they could with what they had for most of them. Some were just flat out lazy and didn't care. But I, I want to believe that, you know, the overwhelming number, the overwhelming majority did the best that they could. And remember, therapy is, is only okay. And I'm not saying like it wasn't okay, but it's only popular with our generation going forward. They're not going to this. They're not necessarily running to therapy right now. They're just stuck in their ways. And so, you know, they did what they knew, but now we know differently. And I think as parents, we got to incorporate these conversations with our children mm. to let them know. My kid would be mad if she heard me say this, but we talk. And so she tells me what goes on with her friends. And I'm just like, whoa, yeah. why, why is their mom's not talking? Right, 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 right. I'm so glad that mine are now, I mean, my son is grown and gone. I don't know, is that my phone ringing? Oh, something's ringing on my phone. Is that uh, you and me? <laughs> oh, of course somebody will be calling me when they see me live. Yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, I'm, you know, my son, he's grown and gone. Um, however, you know, I, I, he saw a lot, he heard a lot. I've been very open sharing with him about um, relationships, toxic patterns, and so on. I still have to share. Even though he may not do exactly as I wish he would, he has the tools. He has the, he knows exactly what toxicity looks like and what unhealthy is. Um, same thing with my daughter. And all I can do is just keep that conversation going because they're going to be, I mean, we see the generation that's coming, right? We we see what's, what's behind us. We see what they're into. They're social media babies, right? So yeah. I have to do the best I can because, the, you know, it's hard for me, but I know it's going to become harder for them. Trying to really connect and find real love and not get caught up in this toxic lifestyle that is constantly out here being pressed in their face all the time. Hopefully, hopefully they can navigate it a little better than I did. <laughs> Hopefully. But you know, I think, you know, I guess we can just pray for the best and teach yes. them and yeah. teach them and make sure they're comfortable telling us. I remember my son, now he's 15, right? He came to me and said, mom, 
how do I know if this is a narcissist? And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, son, after we've had all these conversations, you asking me this question? And I was like, sit down and tell me about the behaviors. And he's going off, going off. And I'm like, wow, in my mind. And I'm like listening to his concerns. And I'm like, okay, now, son, everything that we've talked about, everything that I've shown you, everything that you know, how do you feel about this? He's like, I just don't want to, you know, think the wrong thing about someone. And I'm like, you have to trust your judgment. The mere fact that you came to me a lot, and this is for us too. We want to be out here being FBI investigators. We want to show that the FBI, should, we need a job at the academy. Listen, I wanted one too, like, you know, but when you just get the unctioning to do something like that and start invest, you already have your answer. Already know. And for those that are, you know, have grown up as people pleasers, just not confident with their decision-making process and don't trust themselves. Again, a lot of times that stems from childhood because when you have BPD or MPD in a parent, they're not validating their children. And so if a child is not validated, then how do they know how they are feeling that they can trust that? How do they know that they can lean in on those emotions and be certain about them? How do they know that the decision that I'm making is good if they've never been validated? And so here you are trying to be trying to be an investigator and find out where is this man like, listen, his his thingy shows that he drove nine miles today when it should be three. And what's going on? You know, you're doing the most. Right. But that right. point is time to pause. Your intuition does not require any evidence. And you got to start trusting that yeah. what you feel is worthy. Because one of the things that we don't talk about enough is one of those misread flags is just how you feel. When you find yeah. yourself wanting to be an investigator, that is a red flag. If you find yourself trying to do things out of character to keep or please somebody and yeah. you feel like, oh, some, you know, you feel that like I should really should, then that's your sign right there. That's your body speaking to you. And sometimes just how your body feels around a narc or that narc. I used to get migraines all the time. Yeah. I used to get See, the moment that thing ended, I didn't know what a migraine was anymore. My body had been speaking the whole time. Yes, yes. yes. But, you know, you're on that, on that mill just going round and round and round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the body keeps score. I, you know, you hit it. Like intuition, you know, that's the thing. It doesn't need evidence. No. No, that's why that's why it's intuition and it's great and God gave it to us. It's a real gift. It's a GPS. <laughs> it helps us to navigate through life if we just tune into it and lean into it. And I beat myself up all the time because I'm a high into in, empath and high intuitive. But guess what? I will override it because I want to see the good in people, right? So I am I'm very um I'm being very intentional this year. Like, you know what, if you feel it, you are going to honor it and it is, and let the chips fall where, where they may, it is what it is. So I am trying my best every day to make sure I'm, I'm in tune because to be honest with you, I do feel it. I do see it. It shows up. And then I try to override it. So this time I'm like, nope, we're going to, we're going to just cruise through 22 intuition. When you're led by it, be led by it. So I'm so glad you said that because I needed that. That word was for me. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no. Go go ahead. No, girl, because I would be pivoting out of here for one moment because I know we, we got to wrap this up soon. I have a whole nother show to get on. However, I want you to finish your thought before I take this pivot. <laughs> oh, girl, you know what? 
I'm trying to remember that thought. No, go I ahead. About my intuition, um, me really leaning into it for 2022. That is my plan. So that word that you just dropped was definitely for me. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank you, sweetie. Now, of course, I know we have to be getting up out of here soon, but you and I want to talk about, is he a pastor? First of all, before I say the wrong thing, is he pastor? Apparently. Okay. Mm -hmm. So pastor Mike Todd, Michael Todd. Now, many people that's probably watching this that have heard of him probably know him because he talks a lot about relationships and he has some good content out there, good stuff, good messages. But of course, as we all know, where there's good, there's also evil. <laughs> so, so listen, what in the world was this man doing on, was it Sunday service? I have no idea. But what was he doing in church during this sermon the other day when he decided to spit in his hand and rub it on this man's face? Okay, I got the video. And I want to share it. Uh, I'm going to try to share my screen so we can at least watch it. I don't know what YouTube sees or what whoever sees, but I'm going to share it because it's on YouTube um, because I want to I wanna watch it. Like It's like a two-minute clip, but it's like an eight, nine-minute segment that it had. But it's like a two-minute clip, but I want to quickly watch this girl. And, and we got to talk about this for a moment because I need to know. I mean, you're a woman of God. I need to know your thoughts on this situation here, okay? All right, so you give me a minute, okay? I'm going to be right back. Okay? All right, cool. Give me one second. Let's see if I can get it up here. It clearly yet. Can you hear this? Girl, yes. <laughs> And this is where most people would not face Jesus anymore. What most people would do is turn away. <clears throat> what I'm telling you what I'm telling you is just as he's physically standing here, knowing what's coming. God's saying, can you physically and spiritually and emotionally be able to stand? When getting the vision or receiving it, might get next. I think I would have not been I'm okay with this at like all. That. Girl, I'm taking notes now. mean god i just bought in crazy faith i just bought my dream car now you're gonna ask me to sell it back and ride in the hoopty again yeah because the vision i'm about to give you girl no it might get nasty i didn't see this car girl no he on his eyes lord somebody help us Oh, I'm Lord, do you hear and see the responses of the people? What, what I'm telling you is how you just reacted. It's how the people in your life will. Okay. Now, you know. Oh, thank you. 
let's get Thank into you. this. Girl, oh, tell girl. me what, what is what in the world just happened? What what just happened? Okay, you asking me, and okay, here we go. It was showmanship at its finest. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, I, I didn't I when I when I when I first saw it, right? I saw it on TikTok. And when I understood where he was about to go, I stopped watching it. I didn't even watch it. So I was actually listening for the first time, like listening to, I didn't listen to as much, you know, previously. So what really jumped out to me, and it's so interesting that some people are so quick to defend Mike Todd. The gospel of Jesus Christ, first of all, does not need to be defended. The word of God stands by itself. The word is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. So when we preach the word, the word does what it, God says he watches over his word to perform it. So you don't have to water down the gospel. You don't have to bring in the entertainment. I mean, do you go to church to be entertained or to be transformed? Are you checking off a box to say, okay, I did it and you're doing this religiously? Or are you really seeking God? Because when we really sit, think about it, think about what the last three years has been. How many lives were lost over just, just COVID alone? I mean, if you really think about it, like just pay attention to the signs of the times. And it's not that it's just COVID, but now, I mean, there's natural disasters. One after the other, lives are being lost. People are experiencing, you know, famine with not just with, you know, lack of supplies, lack of food, lack of those materials, but there's also a famine, I believe, in the body because the word is about entertainment now. But what was so interesting about what Mr. Todd said was that he said, most people wouldn't face Jesus, right? Most people wouldn't face Jesus. What exactly are you saying, Mike Todd? Because you say most people wouldn't face Jesus. They would turn away. But this man stood there and he paid attention to what you were 